Welcome into the PFN Bengals podcast. I am Dallas Robinson. He is Jay Morrison. Jay, you're a little under the weather this week. <laughs> kind of like the Bengals were on Sunday. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, might, might have to put you on the pup list or IR or something and we'll kind of recalibrate this Bengals season from here on out. The Bengals obviously lost on Sunday. Really, really tough loss to the Houston Texans and now have to turn right around and, and play the Baltimore Ravens, who are still on top of the AFC North and have to face them in a Thursday night game. Jay, I don't think we're going to touch on this Houston game too much. We're doing a recording a little little day later mm-hmm. this week, and we've got this just massive Thursday night game that we honestly could not overstate the importance of this game anymore. So I think we'll be brief on this Houston game. What were your thoughts on this game? To me, it was kind of the same story that we've seen in other games, right, where the Bengals jump out to an early lead and then go into this huge lull, and they on defense they give up explosive plays. They can't stop the run. Kind of seemed like deja vu all over again, right? And you add in CJ Stroud already looking like an elite NFL quarterback, and yeah. this is kind of what you get. Yeah, a lot of it was deja vu. Um, you know, we've seen that before. They scored the opening drive, then they go five straight possessions with punts. Yeah. Uh, that that looked familiar. The explosives have been a problem all year, but that was a whole nother level. I mean, 17 of them. Um, there's there's only been two other games where teams gave up more than that since 1991. And they weren't the Bengals. That that was the, the highest that the Bengals have given up in that time. The, the one thing that was, I, I guess, kind of stood out was the Burrow interceptions because um, you don't see that from him a lot. And, you know, the, the throw to sample down the seam was – it was an aggressive throw, but it was the right read. Um, he just sailed it a little bit. Um, and, and maybe a more athletic tight end is able to get up and, and get his hands on that ball, whereas as Drew wasn't. And then the one that was really kind of concerning was the one in the end zone. I mean, it was a first down. It's one of those ones where if it's not there, throw it away, live for another play. He just – he thought he he saw one thing and it ended up being another. And, I mean, you think about that, that that you know either one of those, they convert, they, they probably win that game. Still remarkable that they, they came back and tied it even after yeah. those two interceptions. Um, the Tyler Boyd drop – uh, is rare. I, I wrote about it. He's he's got one of the lowest drop rates in the in the league since Burrow arrived. Um, but I, I have no doubt that if he caught that pass and it was a touchdown, that CJ was going to take him right down the field and get a touchdown instead of a field goal. Yeah. I mean, if you remember right, Houston just kind of was like feeling out that drive. They're like, uh, yeah, yeah. How, how aggressive do we want to be? And they were running the ball and they were taking the play clock all the way down because they didn't want to give the Bengals a chance to get the ball again. And if they were in total go mode there, have, needing a touchdown, I don't have any doubt. Yeah. I mean, their their last two passes on that that drive were explosive plays, both over twenty yards. It was just right. CJ Stroud was able to do whatever he wanted, uh, and you don't you don't see that a lot from a Lou Anarumo defense. That was it was pretty concerning. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of the Titans game, right? Where in, against the Texans, you're seeing Noah Brown go just wild. Mm-hmm. Like how how can that happen, Noah Brown? I mean, anyone that plays fantasy football knows Noah Brown's not exactly – he's a blocker historically. How is he mm. getting open for all these catches? Just like against the Titans, you got guys like Chris Moore just like running free down yeah. the sidelines. How can that happen? I, I think part of the issue was just not a lot of pressure against C.J. Stroud. Yes. You know, Noah Sam Hubbard. Um, there, there just wasn't a lot of pressure generated on C.J. Stroud. And as much as you can like the group of corners that the Bengals might have – you can only hold up for so long, right? I mean, mm-hmm. sure, they had losses in the secondary. They had a, a coverage busts and stuff like that. But I think the problem was they were just ask, asking to be to held up for too long. You, you have to be able to get into Stroud's face. That wasn't happening. 
I think Devin Singletary, 30 carries for 150 yes. yards. The Texans were bottom five in rushing success rate in EPA heading into this game. They have not been able to run the ball all year. Even when they had Damian Pierce, their their regular starter available, they couldn't run the ball. I mean, that I think that's pretty concerning to allow a guy like Singletary, who's a, a decent running back, and, and the Texans do have a pretty good offensive line that, that's getting healthier, but that's that's concerning. I mean, you're allowing these these not only the explosive plays, but this like consistent chunk yardage too that's that's mm-hmm. letting these other offenses keep the ball. So I think I think it's incredibly concerning, especially when you're when you're gonna look at a team like the Ravens, who we know yeah. can keep the ball and control the ball, create explosive plays. I mean, I, I think the Texans are a good team and like I, I think we're the entire league is kind of being surprised at how quickly D'Amico Ryans and CJ Stroud have turned this thing around, but I think talent-wise, you still have to see that the Bengals are a much more talented roster, which makes this type of loss all the more disappointing, especially given the the, the troubles that the Bengals have had in the AFC elsewhere, right? I mean, this mm. game could come back to bite them when, when it comes to playoff time. The Texans are in the playoffs right now if the season ended today and the Bengals are not. The Buffalo Bills are not. It's, you know, who expected the, these type of results? I, I certainly didn't. So... This is the type of loss that I think that can come back to bite them at the end of the season, and we'll just have to see if it does. Yeah, you can't overstate the the importance of the absence of Sam Hubbard in that game because not only did it limit the pass rush, but he, he's one of the best run defenders for a defensive yeah. end there is in the entire league, and it was. It was. I mean, a lot of those explosive – the. When I, I say 17 explosives, the definition from the stat side I use is 12 plus runs, 16 plus passes. And a lot of those were those 12 or more yard runs. I mean, mm-hmm. Singletary was gashing them. And it's a concern because it's the exact same thing that they're going to see with Houston where, or with the Baltimore because Baltimore mm-hmm. can run the ball like that. Uh, it, Lamar can extend plays and, and the, the defense, if they're not plastering, you're going to have guys running wide open. And the one difference where it gets even harder against Baltimore is C.J. Stroud had no intention of running the ball. Mm-hmm. When he rolled out, he his eyes were down the field the entire time, waiting for somebody to come open. That's not going to be the case with Lamar. If, no. if he sees green grass, he's going to go. So they, it is. It's they have got their work cut out for him this week. Absolutely, and I think before we get into that game too, I, we had some huge news in the AFC North just this morning. You know, I yeah. woke up to this news that Deshaun Watson, the Cleveland Browns quarterback, is out for the rest of the year. He's undergoing season-ending soldier, shoulder surgery. It's obviously been just a disaster of a season for the Browns from a Deshaun Watson standpoint. Their their defense is playing at an elite level. They're they're a better record better record than the Bengals. They obviously beat the Bengals earlier this season. But now they're going to have to turn to P.J. Walker. You know, Deshaun Watson has been dealing with this right shoulder injury all season long, and I guess it's finally been, been too much where he's going to have to undergo a procedure. So it's going to be P.J. Walker for the rest of the season. I mean, that I don't know how much that shakes up the AFC North. I'd like to say it shakes it up a lot, but Deshaun Watson has really not been very good. He's had a couple moments here and there where he's looked like that quarterback that we saw with the Houston Texans for years. But for the most part, I mean, I think P.J. Walker's maybe been the better option this season. Um, I, I don't know if this changes your view of where the Browns stand. I mean, I think everyone always thought they were going to kind of ride or die based on how their defense played. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Does, does does them not having Watson change your view of the Browns for the rest of this season? Yeah, it does. Because you, you look at some of those games they won when Watson was out, they were playing some pretty bad teams. Mm-hmm. Um, when when Watson's not been in the game, the the Browns' other two quarterbacks deep, Dorian Thompson Robinson and, and PJ Walker, one touchdown, eight interceptions. Yeah. I just, I don't, 
when the, when the games get big and in the moments big and all that, I just, I don't, I can't see them writing this out and they're in a good spot for yeah. six and three right now. So, and, and they're at home this week against a horrific Pittsburgh offense. It, you know, maybe they figure out a way to win that game and go seven and three. Then it would take an ultimate collapse after that to not be in the mix, but. They've, just, got the, they've got the Broncos and the Rams after that. I mean, but, they could – the schedule kind of works out. They've got the Bears later this season. Like, the schedule is kind of in their favor. But yeah, I, I do know what you mean. It, it's hard to kind of see them making their way back to the top. The Broncos look a little different now. They, they um, do. They do. So – and maybe the Bears will too when Justin Fields gets back. And, sure. But, yeah, I just – I I think it's a, a huge blow for them. Um, I I, I – I was on a Baltimore podcast yesterday and they asked if I thought all four teams would make the playoffs. And I said, no. And yeah. my pick for the team that wouldn't was Pittsburgh. Uh, but now it would, it would definitely be Cleveland, even though they've mm. got a nice little buffer there. But if they do lose to Pittsburgh this week, then, you know, six and four, and it's just, you can see it kind of spiraling. Yeah. It's, it's hard to overstate like how big this weekend is going to be in the AFC North with all four teams yeah. playing each other. I mean, all four teams within a couple of games of each other. I mean, th- this will redefine the standings in, in the in the division. I mean, this is absolutely huge week. Let's go ahead and talk about that Baltimore Ravens Cincinnati Bengals game, which is I, I feel like every week we're saying this is the biggest game of the Bengals season. But I mean, this one this really, really is. Yeah. This really is. I mean, it doesn't get any bigger than this. If, if they lose this game. I mean, I'm not saying they're out of the playoffs if they lose this game, but it's going to be incredibly challenging, right? I mean, if they don't have any chance of of taking over the division too, right. which is getting much more unlikely by the week, they have to win this game. Yeah, that's um, the thing is I don't think they can win the division if they lose this game. Yeah, absolutely. They, they would be two games behind or two and a half games behind, which would really be yeah. three because Baltimore would have the season sweep and that tiebreaker. They would be one and five in the division, oh, and th- in the conference, oh, and three in the division. It's just you're basically talking about winning out to have any chance of winning the division. Yeah. Yeah. So, the, I mean, it, they have to win this game if they if they want to win the AFC North. Um, so injury-wise, so T. Higgins, Sam Hubbard, Andre Yoshevaz did not practice on Tuesday. Sam – or uh, – uh, sorry, Hendrickson was limited. Yeah. Um, for the Ravens, Marlon Humphrey did not practice. Ronnie Stanley, the left tackle. John Simpson, the left guard. Kyle Van Noy, one of their best test rushers, did not practice. Um, I, I think those offensive line injuries are interesting. Because, I mean, that's a that's a starting left side of your offensive line that might not be available this week for Baltimore. They do have a, a they do have good depth. They have one of the best offensive lines in the league. But I think especially if you know if Sam Hubbard isn't playing. The Bengals are going to need all the help they can get, and, and the Ravens being without two of their top offensive linemen will obviously help that. Um, what are your thoughts on this game, Jay? Just initial initial thoughts. What are you what are you looking for when the Ravens are, are facing the Bengals on Thursday? Well, first of all, I, I noticed, and it's I thought it was rare. I looked up how rare it is. This is Baltimore's third straight home game. I mean, you don't you don't see that a mm-hmm. lot. And so I went and looked to see how rare it is. Um, and there are there are seven teams in the league this year that are benefited with that, that to th- have played three straight home games. It's the Ravens, the Bills, the Jaguars, the Rams, the 49ers, and two other AFC North teams, the Steelers <laughs> and the Browns. So every AFC North team gets three straight home oh, games man. this year, except the Bengals. So all the conspiracy theorists out there that think the NFL office hates the Bengals, 
there's more more fuel right there. And uh, add, add that into the coin flip situation from last year, and yeah, we, exactly. we got a full blown conspiracy theory here. <laughs> now the Bengals did just in 2021. They got three straight home games. They've they've had it. I looked it up. They've had it 16 times in their career. So it's it's not like crazy odd, but it is a, yeah. a weird tweak. Um, so that's it's a big benefit for Baltimore here. They, they're one and one in this this stretch. Um, you know, for for me, it's it, they got to take care of the ball, as that is the case in most games. But I see it being low scoring, even though the Bengals are capable of putting up explosive plays. Um, anybody that plays the Bengals is capable of putting up explosive <laughs> yeah. plays, as we've seen. But I just it just doesn't it never works out that way. Um, yeah, the week two was twenty seven twenty four. This game is more likely to be, you know, low twenties, high teens. Um, Mixon just Joe Mixon did not look good against Houston. There was no. there was a number of runs that he should have had two or three. There was one he left a the, lot of yards on the field. Yeah, a lot of yards the, on the, the field. expected yardage on that run was nine, and he got three. It was just <sighs> one of those kind of days where he's not breaking tackles, he's slowing down. Makes me wonder, you know, the Jets cut Michael Carter mm. yesterday, mm-hmm. and. Uh, when I was at Senior Bowl in 2021, I was talking to a Bengals source, and and he said they love those guys that come out of college as a split back. And remember, it was Michael Carter and, and Javante Williams were yeah, both sure. like co-lead backs for North Carolina, and they loved Michael Carter. It didn't work out where they drafted him, but they clearly liked him then. Now, he's he had a great rookie year. He's fallen off. Yeah. But I do wonder if they if that's someone they would put in a waiver claim for. He's, he's not yeah. great in pass protection. It was what they've been looking for. But he would give some juice and as a receiver out of the backfield, as a runner. Um, That's an interesting one. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, I think, and he and he's going to be on the waiver wire, so it'll it'll be a question of where if any teams ahead of the Bengals are put in a claim and are interested. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know. I, they, they won't have to like compete in free agency with him. I'm assuming he'll get claimed. I mean, he's on a yeah. very cheap contract. I mean, yeah, teams, rookie deal. teams need running backs. That's an interesting one. though. I, I could see him being kind of an interesting piece to add to this backfield. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. And I mean, I think the Bengals are right around because at five and four, they're yeah. right around the middle of the pack. So odds are someone ahead of them will probably yeah. put in a claim. It'd be interesting to find out if we can, you know, We'll, we'll obviously find out who got him, but yeah. it's always interesting to see what other teams put in claims if the Bengals actually did. Sure. Um, but yeah, back to the game. I, I, I think that's the thing is if they if it looks like that again, where they can't run the ball at all, yeah. like they did against Houston, then that just puts even more stress on on Burrow. And he's I wrote about it last night that he's he's had these games where he's torched the Ravens, but then he's had these games where he's just been beat up where his Jersey was almost green that, that first game he played there in Baltimore because he was knocked down. So and sacked so many times. Mm-hmm. Um, but since Mike McDonald came in last year, all three of those games, there was, there was not a lot of offense from this, this Bengals team yeah. um, against the kind of the, the new look Ravens. Um, so again, they're not going to have T they're not going to have Yossi Voss. So there's, there's it the offense is going to be a little limited and it's going to come down to what it's kind of been a lot of this year it's if the Jamar and and Burrow show is lighting yeah. it up they've got a shot and if it's not if the, if the Baltimore sells out to take Jamar away Bengals going to have a really hard time moving the ball and scoring and I, I do wonder how the Bengals offensive line is going to hold up too because the Ravens they've gotten a lot of sacks this year they've gotten a lot of like most s- in the league true sack production but if you look at pressure rate and pressures and stuff like that they're actually not at that high right. so I, I think they've kind of 
it's a combination of getting a little lucky, but it's also, I think, just the scheme where they're running a lot of sim pressures. They're they're doing all this mm-hmm. games up front where, you know, maybe they're able to get to the quarterback even if they're not generating a lot of just pure pressure production because they don't. It's not like they have like a classic number one pass rusher. I mean, Genevieve yeah. Clowney is their number one pass rusher. Yeah. Kyle Van Noy is like their second best pass rusher, and he might not even play. So I, I don't think it's a situation where you're having to block like a Miles Garrett type or a TJ Watt. It's more of like the aggregate, right? The collective that you're trying to figure out where's the pressure coming from. So I think communication is going to be really important for this offensive line. Yeah. Handling stunts and twists, which we've seen this group have a lot of trouble with at certain points this season and over the past few years. I think that'll be that'll be really critical. Um, like you said, I think that the Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase seems like that's the Bengals plan every game, which... You know, in some regards, why shouldn't it be? But it's kind of the only thing that they they can rely on. If Marlon Humphrey doesn't play, I think that that's obviously good for the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Then again, they they the the Ravens just have all these guys who maybe they're kind of anonymous. They're not stars, but like they they get in they get put in these positions and they just do a really good job. Geno Stone, safety for the Ravens. Anybody could have had him for a million dollars this offseason. He's leading the league in interceptions this year. Yeah. He could be a first team All Pro. I mean, how does that happen? <laughs> I think yeah. Mike, Mike McDonald will absolutely be a head coach next year. I mean, I think that's what we can kind of the takeaway here is that he he's done an outstanding job. I don't see this going, you know, the rate we've seen the Ravens have those games against the Lions and against the Seahawks where it's a, just an absolute, you know, destruction where it's not even a game. I don't see that type of game. Um, I, I, I do think the, the thing about the Ravens is they do get out to these leads, but then they kind of give them away in the fourth yes. quarter, you know, and it's. It's interesting. I wonder if the Bengals could take advantage of that, whereas the Bengals have been this team that when they get up early in the game, they do play really well. Mm-hmm. Coming back, it's not. it just hasn't happened this year. They have not been able to make these comebacks. Maybe they show a little life at some point during the game, but they just can't get over the edge You know, at the end. I don't know. It's kind of the, those kind of conflicting kind of narratives for these teams. I wonder how that works. Um, but, yeah, I, I do see a, a, a close game. I, I can't imagine this will be one of these games where – where the Ravens are up by 30 in the fourth quarter. And I, and I certainly don't see the, where the Bengals could be up by that much later either. I, I see a tight game too. Yeah. And that's an interesting point about the, uh, the scoring early. Cause that has been the Bengals MO here recently. They've, they've scored on their opening drive in five straight games. Mm-hmm. The first time they've done that since 85 and scoring in the first quarter period, they've done it in six straight games. And I looked it up. The, if they, if they can do it against Baltimore, get any kind of points in the first quarter, that would be the seventh straight game that would tie for the second longest streak in franchise history. Um, still a long way to go to the, the record is 15 um, by the, the 2014, 2015, it kind of bridged those two yeah. seasons, but that would be huge to, to get a lead, to get up on the Ravens and, and play from in front. Uh, you don't feel as bad if, if you don't score first and, and you have to play from behind because of Baltimore's history, giving up these leads, but to be on the road, I don't know if you're ever going to take that crowd out of it, but mm-hmm. if you can get up and score and, and just kind of maybe temper them down a little yeah. bit, it, it would it would be a huge help. And they've been so good at. It. I'm I'm really interested because it because of that. It's it seems like this might be a game where if they win the coin toss, they take the ball. They try yeah. to get the lead early, but then again, when they play Baltimore, the the possessions are at a premium. You might only get seven possessions in a game because they just turn that clock, sure. and maybe the the chance to double dip at the half between the halves would, would be more valuable. I'm, I'm really interested to see if, yeah. if they even win the toss, what, what they'll choose to do. Yeah, that's inter- that'll be something to watch. I think right, right off the bat. 
Um, we're gonna we're gonna do a little ranking for you. We're gonna play a little game for you. We've got uh, we've got five five scenarios, five five things that could happen on Thursday night. Uh, and Jay and I are going to rank them and see which which we think will actually happen and which are the least likely to happen. Yeah, well, they're uh, they're not just things that could happen. I I I put this list together as things that probably won't happen. But and and you know, it's not like ninety to ten. Maybe it's a fifty-one to forty-nine chance. But yeah, all of these things happening are long shots. Yeah, or at least uh, not the favorite. So we we have to pick which yeah. one is most likely. To, to actually occur yes okay all right so i i'm gonna make sure i don't mess this up because yeah. i re- read my answers in the in the incorrect way uh so I'll, we'll go ahead and list off the five things we're going to be considering here so you can follow along uh number one Bengals hold the ravens to under 100 yards rushing number two trey hendrickson is active number three neither kicker evan mcpherson or justin tucker will have a 50 yard field goal uh number four Bengals will have more explosive plays than the ravens Number five, Bengals win. Uh, Jay, you want to start? What do you, what do you think is the least likely to happen tomorrow on, on the game? Least likely to happen is neither kicker has a fifty yard field goal. Okay. I just the the Tucker history, the McPherson. The, I mean, those are two of the best long range kickers in the league, and someone's going to hit one either in the final minute of the first half or in the maybe they'll both hit in the final minute of the first half uh, or in the final minute of the game. I just it's it's insane to think that that there will not be at least a fifty yard field goal in this game. Okay, I actually have that as my number three. Uh, so I'm assuming you meant a convert. Do you mean an attempt or a make? Because I make had a, a make. Okay, okay. Yeah. that's what that's what I had as well. So I so I think that I have that number th- number three. Uh, Justin Tucker's only made one fifty yard field goal this season, hmm. and McPherson's made five, but he's only attempted them in four games. So I I th- I had that as third only because. I think both these teams will be aggressive in terms of fourth down conversions tomorrow night. I mean, Baltimore has a long, long history of being one of the most analytically friendly teams in the NFL. I think if you're in that position on the field in that in that 30 yard range, I think there's going to be a lot of a lot of going for it on fourth down where they might not be in a position to kick those 50 yard field goals. But, you know, these two kickers can obviously hit them if it comes down to that. My least likely I actually had the Bengals holding the Ravens under a hundred yards rushing. Mm. Um, I don't know if anyone saw Keaton Mitchell play yesterday, but that guy is very good. <laughs> he yeah. uh, looks like Devin Achain down in Miami. I mean, it's the same type of thing. It's like, give this guy the ball and it's, it's a 60 yard touchdown. It, it's unbelievable. Baltimore has a hundred yard ru- rushing at every single game this year. Um, they're first in rushing efficiency. They're third in rushing success rate. They've got a good stable of backs. Even if they have offensive line injuries, they still have a good offensive line in terms of depth and replacements. I just, I, I just see them getting to 100. I don't want to say easily, but like relatively easily, whether that's on a big explosive play or just like consistent chunk, uh, consistent gains, you know, keeping ahead of the sticks. Either way, I think they'll get to 100 yards. Yeah, that, that was my number four. I, you know, Lamar's always had this chip on his shoulder about being more of a runner than a passer. And I yeah. can see if he's, he's moving around the pocket and and trying to extend plays that him being intent on kind of the CJ Stroud mode where he's, he's going to throw the ball and, and, mm-hmm. and try to pick the Bengals apart that way there, you know, the odds suggest there's going to be guys running wide open. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I, I think it's a long shot. Believe me, I, it would be amazing if they held him under a hundred yards rushing, but um, I, I do think that 
it's a slightly better chance than neither one of those kickers hitting from 50. I do wonder if the Bengals are going to use like a true spy defender on Lamar in this game. If if that would be something Pratt or Wilson would do, or I don't know. It's like what, if they have a specific plan to contain the Lamar threat, I don't know. I I, do you, I don't know if you have any insight on that or what they're, yeah, they've they've done that in the past. Um, They, it was interesting against Buffalo. They double spied Josh Allen a few times and used both Pratt and Wilson. Um, a lot of times what, not a lot, but I've seen Lou do this where he'll, he'll blitz his nickel corner and it's kind of a, a half-hearted blitz. Yeah. He'll come in, but he, he'll break down like he's making a tackle as opposed to going right at Lamar and just kind of say, okay, I'm here. You're not getting outside this edge on this side. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of ways to do it. Um, but I, yeah, I am just interested to see how how that'll work out if if they spy him, how often they spy him. Yeah, like I said, if if you've got guys running free in zone coverage, you you can't afford to do the double spy thing. No. Speaking of guys running free, I will give my number four most likely, uh, which is, is Bengals have more explosive plays than the Ravens. I don't think that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my definition of explosive play that I looked up was was twenty plus yards. Yeah. Um, Baltimore has 41 explosive plays this year, 31 on pass, 10 in the run game. Bengals only have 23, uh, 20 pass, three runs. I, I I just, the Bengals have had trouble with explosive plays all year long, whether that's just, it could be in a number of things. We talked about the lack of pressure at some times. We talked about coverage busts, lack of communication in the back end. It just happens. I mean, it just happens. These these big plays are have been happening. It, it doesn't matter the opponent. It, it doesn't matter who the wide receivers are. It's been happening right. all season. You've got a you've got a guy in Lamar Jackson who is playing at a near MVP level, first round rookie in Zay Flowers who's looked I th- I think he's looked really good even if the numbers haven't been there. Complimentary guys like OBJ, excellent tight end and Andrews. I mean I think there there are too many options on this team to think that they're not going to have explosive plays. The Bengals you look at I think there's one guy who can create an explosive play. If yeah. <laughs> T I'm assuming T is not play which I which neither of us probably thinks he will. They've got one guy who can really create those chunk yardage. So when you kind of look at it like that and the options and who can actually do what, I just don't think the Bengals stack up. Yeah, I think I, I think TB could get a couple if, if they're really rolling everything heavy towards Jamar. You know, he had the 64-yarder um, yeah. Sunday to set up his drop in the end zone. He's he's had an explosive play in Baltimore before in yeah. the 2017 finale when he knocked him out of the playoffs. Uh, so I think he could be in that mix. Uh and there's also a, a recipe for the way that the game develops where if Baltimore does jump out to a lead and the Bengals are in catch-up mode and and then the, the Ravens are playing a little softer, mm-hmm. I can see where, you know, maybe the Bengals get a couple more. Um, you know, whether it's 16 or 20, whatever you want to – whatever parameter you want to use for the explosive yeah. plays, I do think that, you know, if they, if they get in that desperation mode, uh, they could get a few, whereas the Ravens at that point would probably be more likely just to pound the ball and – and probably not get those kind of explosives out. You never know with Keaton Mitchell, though. He could break, yeah. he could break one off even when he's just trying to kill the clock. Right? <laughs> um, so my number three was the, was, uh, the kickers and the 50-yard field goals. What was your number three, Jay? That was that one, the explosive was, plays. Okay, yeah. Okay. Uh, what did you have for number two? Uh, I had Trey Hendrickson playing. Okay. Uh, I mean, we'll find out here. It's, uh, you know, we're in the 11 o'clock hours we record this. I expect the injury report to be out around two. I would think he would be questionable. Um, you know, the, it, it was good that he practiced last night, but we need to see how he came out of that practice. Was there yeah. swelling? Was, you know, was there any kind of issue after he 
he tested it that way. Um, remarkable that we're even talking about this as an option. I mean, the, the way it looked with him face down, slamming the turf with his hand, and it just looked really bad. And Trey's remarkable. I've asked coaches about this before, and they won't they won't give him the credit. They say, oh, oh that's football players. But I, I've i never seen a guy play through the stuff that he's played. I mean, that 2021 Super Bowl run, his back was killing him. And mm-hmm. he'd come out for a few plays, go right back in. Last year, he broke his wrist, missed one game, and came back and played the rest of the way to the – to the AFC Championship game with a broken wrist. Every time he – forget about just sacking – every time he grabbed a quarterback, every time he tried to knock off a blocker, mm-hmm. he was feeling that, and he just played through it. He's had neck injuries. He's he's really remarkable, yeah. um, and they need him. I think if this was if this was not a Baltimore game, uh, that, that maybe they would give him another rest, but they, they really do need him. I think he's going to do everything he can to be out there. Further commend him. I mean, he just signed a, an extension. He got even more money this offseason. A lot of guys would say, you know, I'm going to wait till I'm healthy. He's going to do everything he can to get out there, and and I think they're going to find a way to make him active. I don't think he's going to play his regular snap load. I think they're going to manage him a little bit, um, but I do think we'll see him suit up. Yeah, it's incredibly impressive. I mean, he's finan- more than financially secure. He's yeah. he has great standing on this team. He doesn't he doesn't need to play. He doesn't have anything to prove. But the fact that he continually gets out there despite these these injuries and getting banged up is is really impressive. Um, I had actually had that as my number one that he that he will okay. play. Um, so I think I mean he was limited yesterday. We'll see how it how it looks today. But you know you kind of went over it. He he is an incredibly tough player who. I, I just think if he doesn't play, I, I think it. I think this game is obviously going to be a tough game either way. If he's not out there, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Cam Sample and and Miles Murphy could could they get the job done? Maybe it's not going to be anywhere near the level of production that Trey Hendrickson can put up. Um, so could I, I be. Think the, that, it, it could be the Joseph Osai rebirth. It could game. be. It could be. You know, it, it, you kind of forget about him. He mm-hmm. hasn't made a lot of production this year. Hasn't really done anything you kind of forget he's even on the depth chart I, I would love to see it I would love to see him get the opportunity and kind of deliver on what we all thought he could do this year um, so I had that at number one so then obviously at number two uh, I had the Bengals winning uh, you had that at number one then Jay I did and, and real quick back to Trey yeah. he had my favorite moment of the week um, and you and I were talking about this uh, before we came, we started the show where you know yesterday there was NFL Network and ESPN and Amazon and there these guys national guys come in with this uh, legal pad of all the names they want to talk to in the locker room. There was nobody in there. It was <laughs> Jermaine Pratt, and there was nobody in there at all because we not normally we they the locker room is open after practice, and so they they're all in there. They have to yeah. they have to take the pads off and shower, and and they can they they might say no, but you still have a chance to walk up to them and ask. When you, they do what they did yesterday, when when the open locker room is during the lunch period, they just sit in the cafeteria where we can't go. You don't even get a chance to ask them, hey, you got a second? So on Monday, you know, everybody knew what Trey had had the injury and he came he came out of the training room. and He was walking into the shower and uh, Ben Baby asked him, is he, he's like, hey, Trey, any chance you, you'll talk? And Trey said zero. and it's never great when you get turned down but i just i I just thought it was hilarious and ben did too it was it was a a great response and it's kind of who trey is a lot yeah a lot of times he's always like no 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 and then you never know he'll he'll just turn around and talk and he'll be terrific and um 
So he's not we'll divulging see. anything ahead of this. Ahead of this yeah, game. if if yeah. he plays Thursday, he's going to have to talk in the locker room afterward because yeah. that's going to be a heroic effort. But yeah, right. I do have that Bengals winning as my number one because, I mean, I don't I don't think it's likely, but it's it's not a crazy thought. I mean, their backs are against the wall; they've got to yeah. do this. They have typically played pretty well in Baltimore. Um, they have this horrible streak in prime time, fourteen straight under the light losses, but. The, one of those was last year at Baltimore mm-hmm. in week five. And and Zach talked about how, yeah, that that is significant because they just saw it. They felt that atmosphere. They it's it's the familiarity of it is, uh, you know, not quite as much as walking into an unfamiliar place in that kind of situation. And those night atmospheres are so much more intense. Yeah. Um, but they, they just went through this. They took the lead in that game with less than two minutes to go, and then they couldn't hold it. The Ravens went down, and got a last-second field goal to win it. So, yeah, I think, I think it's uh, a, a, that's of all the things on this list. I think that's the the most likely to happen. But I'm still not tipping my hand on my prediction yet. Okay. Well, we're about to get that in about two seconds, so you can tip your hand if you want. It's, uh, yeah, I, I've got Bengals win just to say is my number two, just behind Hendricks, and I, I, I think it'll be a close game. Um, yeah, let's just go ahead and get to our predictions and bets. We've, we've kind of transitioned into that anyway. I, I'm going to take the Bengals and the points. So I saw three and a half was the, was the last spread that I saw. I'm going to take the Bengals and the points, but I'm going to say Baltimore wins 26-23. And, and I hate to say that for Bengals fans, but I, I just think – you know, Baltimore coming off a really devastating loss, and I know the Bengals are too, but, you know, you look at some of these advanced metrics like DVOA, and the Bengal, or the Ravens are, through nine weeks, were one of the best teams in, like, NFL history. I mean, yeah. that it's it's hard it's hard to say because they're not, like, this star-laden roster, maybe, that has a, a ton of, like, high-profile guys outside of Lamar, but between their kind of glue guys, their complementary players coaching staff their aggressive mentality this team is just really really loaded and i think a home game for the ravens on a thursday night coming off the coming off this really devastating loss they had on sunday i i don't think they're going to lose and and i I hate to say that for bengals fans and i do think it'll be close but i I just think a three-point game with it with the ravens win is, is probably how i see it what 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 did you say the final was 26 26 23 all right um, I'm right with you the, okay. in the margin. Um, I've got Bengals, or, uh, Ravens 20, Bengals 17. Um, I have a, a saying I like to lean on, and it's never bet against the trend. And 14 <laughs> straight losses in primetime road games is a trend. Yeah. And the last time they won a primetime road game was at Philadelphia in 2012. They snapped an 11-game losing streak with that win. They've lost 25 of their last 26 oh road primetime games. It's insane. It's so, um, so, yeah, I just, you know, I can't. I've picked them every game this year. I'm going to say the first time you've picked against them, right? Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, but I just, I can't. I, I'm not saying they're not going to. They can't win. Yeah. But I I just, it, it feels like uh, this is this is going to be one of those late rip-your-heart-out losses yeah. again and um, going to be some some soul searching time on their uh, weekend off before they get back and turn around and play another division game against Pittsburgh next week. Yeah. Um, we're, we, we went a little out of order. Uh, we forgot our bets. Um, yeah, yeah. And I don't want to, I don't want to uh, not do that. Although we still, no, I know we have to do this. 
Brian didn't send him in again. I just Brian's out. Him. Brian's out of the competition. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, he just I, I said still need picks, and he just dropped him in. So All that's right. very good. All right, good. Uh, so if we uh, if we go back to last week, because the, the reason I was so eager to bring this up because I won both of my bets I, last yeah, week. I know. I know why you were eager to bring <laughs> <Yeah>. it up. <laughs> we, you and I both went over on the Bengals game and that hit. Yep. Yep. Uh, I had Dallas minus 16 and a half. That hit. Um, you had Atlanta minus one against Arizona. Didn't get that. It did not work. Uh, Brian, Jets minus one and a half. Won that. Interesting, but not great Sunday night game against Vegas. Yeah. Um, or no, they lost that game, didn't they? Yeah, no, they Vegas lost. won they that lost. game, so he they went lost. 0-2. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so okay he is down now that we're all under um he's at minus 10 in the lead i'm at minus 22 and you are at minus 40 okay you turn it around in one week all right (laughs) all right so my now that you all want to take betting advice from me i will give my (laughs) my pick of the week i'm gonna i'm gonna go with a big spread you went with a big spread last week and and you you won that i'm gonna go with not quite a big of a spread but i'm gonna go with the dolphins plus 12 at home against the raiders i know the raiders have won two straight games but they played some really bad teams dolphins I just don't see how this Ravens offense can stop this Dolphins offense. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a you know forty burger, a, a huge huge number, plus twelve. I, I'll take that every day. Minus twelve, right? Minus you, twelve. Sorry. Yeah, minus yeah, 12. yeah. Yes, minus twelve. Okay. And then what's your Bengal bet? Um, I'm just going to take the points. I'm going to I'm going to take the points. Oh, plus at, three and a half. Plus three and a half. Yep, that's what okay. I'm going to do. All right. I, I like I said, I, I can see this game going either way. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bet the the line. I'm gonna and I'll have to look it up. To I don't know if they're posted yet. I'm gonna go with a Mark Andrews anytime touchdown. Um, he just finds a way to to do yeah. that against the Bengals. And yeah. if you know if they're struggling to plaster, he's a guy that'll that'll get open in a heartbeat. Yeah. So um, I, I think that's a that's a good bet. And then uh, I'm just not sold on the Chiefs. Um, so I'm looking forward to that Monday night game big time. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to go Eagles plus three uh, for that one. And then um, Brian weighed in with he's going to go Panthers plus ten and a half. And again, I can't remember who they're playing. You got the schedule there in front of you. They're playing the Cowboys. OK, yeah, I don't know about that one, but I don't know about that. <laughs> and then he it was almost like he read our minds. He did a six point teaser. He's taking the Dolphins down to six and the Eagles up. Tonight. Oh, okay. So, Interesting. Yeah. All right. I, I feel a little better about our picks then. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I, I it's it's tough going back to the to the Bengals Ravens prediction. It's like I, I we're not saying they cannot win, but it's just it's like a 52-48 in my mind, right? A 52% yeah. 48 call in my mind. It's just and if we're having to make a score prediction, I just think the Ravens are just that much better. It's it's not a big gap though. Um, so I, I, I'm incredibly excited. I think this will be a great game, a uh, great game to watch and just a great weekend. We talked about it before that the AFC North will look entirely different after this weekend. It could, could look entirely different. Maybe, maybe it won't. Maybe everything will go as planned and it'll, it'll look exactly the same, but you know, Bengals could make a huge jump this weekend if they win this game and a couple other things go right. So massive, massive implications on Thursday night, Jay. Yeah. Cause they're going to be favored next week against Pittsburgh. Yeah. And so you know, they do find a way to beat Baltimore, and then they can beat Pittsburgh. All of a sudden, now you're talking about them being seven and four, yeah. two and two in the division. It changes everything. Houston's a distant memory, so this is a this is a huge swing pivot game because we talked about it earlier. How it almost buries them from any chance of mm-hmm. winning the division if they lose it. If they win it, it is 
they are right there. Yeah. It's it's they are one of the co-favorites if you ask me if they win this game. Yep, totally agree. Uh, next week we'll be back at our usual Tuesday time to recap everything from this weekend. Thanks again for listening to the PFN Bengals podcast. Come read all of our stuff at profootballnetwork.com. Give us a like, give us a review, give us a subscribe, do all those good things. We will talk to you next week. Thanks again for listening.